This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, we tell you three things we know for sure. One, Homer is Homer. Two, Pluto is a planet. And three, you can't fill up an Escalade. There are no groceries that will do it. Listen to us on iTunes or the free Adam Carolla app. We'll see you here. Now, it's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on mandate. Get it on and welcome to yet another car cast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing it with a friend, spreading the good word around. That's uh, Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hey. Hey. I'm excited. So You're I'm excited, excited because tonight I'm going to see a screening of the movie Rush, the Ron Howard F1 film. Oh. That's going to be cool. Ooh. And Friday, I'm going to Fontana to drive McLaren's. Ah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, get a couple a couple cameras from Jeff, and if I don't screw that up, then yeah. maybe we'll get some footage for uh, for an upcoming show. But I'm just going to drive McLaren MP12 4C spiders. Yeah, that'd be really bitching. I don't think they're letting us go on the loop. You know, in Fontana, the big they're going to keep us on the infield. How do they keep you on the infield without? Oh, you they use cones. On. I'm sure they use a few cones and instructors and flagmen. And I probably well, won't go over 30 miles an hour, but it's going to be awesome either way. But that's what I said. I said, you know, if you get up on the bank in yeah. that car, you'll be going 185. Oh, yeah. At the end of that straightaway. So they can't just have the course, the road yeah. course, so to speak. I drove Don't. a stock car around there. did about 145. And, and, and in a car that's so set up for that. Right. Then you start to feel like, all right, I can go a lot faster now, and they won't let me. I can't right. imagine what the McLaren would be like up there. So I'm hoping maybe I'll be like, hey, you know, we got some cameras, we got a show to film. Right. Maybe we should open up the track a little bit. We'll and, see. you know, we're speaking to your demographic. <laughs> you got a lot of people here yeah. with fat wallets. Yeah. Uh, I'm going out tonight with uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Carson Daly and James Baby Doll Dixon. Oh, nice. In town from New York City, everybody. So, so when you guys. Cousin Sal, so we're just going to pad that bill. So I was going to say, when everybody goes out with uh, with your agent, Dixon, th- does he pick up the check? Oh, yeah. And Sal pads the check, Cousin Sal, by adding more and more, like taking stakes to go right. and stuff like that. He doesn't that. tell, like, the waitress, add an extra 200 on the bill, bring me back cash? No, he just says, <laughs> give me another bottle of Dom, and then he doesn't even drink champagne. Yeah, put it on eBay. And the waitresses are always <laughs> in on it because uh, they just want to pad the bill, so they don't, <laughs> they don't give a shit. I've seen him take an $80 steak out with him and then throw it away. <laughs> Which I disagree with cosmically. But, uh, yeah, it's always comical. Yeah, he should bring that stuff here to the studio. There will be no shortage I will, of people uh, I on will, that. I'll see if we can work it out. Also, uh, we got a really cool car out in the uh, parking lot, which we'll take a, look, a little yeah. walk around. Um, you can do some racing this weekend? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Down in Coronado? Yeah, I got Coronado. As you're listening to this, Adam is on the track. Yeah, except. For I am doing a show with Dennis Prager tonight, if you're listening on a Saturday, and I'm doing that uh, show in um, 
San Bernardino. I think we still have a few tickets left. You can go to uh, adamcroll.com if you want to check that out. And I'm doing a signing at, like, Liquorama. Yeah. For Mangria, little Mangria. bottle signing. Buy yeah. some Mangria, get your bottle signed. That's in, like, Upland or something like that. We'll uh, figure that out. We, hey, Chris, fire up the big screen. I don't know if the big screen's up or uh, running. I don't think it is. So we got to get a little pertinent information going on that. So uh, you can come out and say hi. Uh, Are you racing Saturday or Sunday or what? Well, I'm doing what I uh, sometimes do and, you know, shouldn't do, but I'm just coming out Sunday and racing because I can't. So the driver meeting is out this time. (laughs) I may miss the driver's (laughs) meeting. Um, I think it'll be one of these situations where I drive out Sunday morning and just drive the race starting last. I don't think I'll qualify. And then Les will be crestfallen because Les Candidate, who does all the car prep, his plan in in life is for me to quit my job, abandon my family, and go vintage car racing with him, yeah. except for I, yeah. I keep Makes telling sense. him. Makes sense. I don't make any money. Except for the money part. Except for the money part. <laughs> so I can't keep giving him money and yeah. keep buying tires and fuel if and I quit all my jobs. Yeah. And so his thing is always like, uh, well, listen, just shoot on up to Coronado on you know Friday morning down and yeah, for shoot us. on down to Coronado and then you can shoot on over to uh, Riverside Riverside <laughs> and then you can hustle on back that night and do the and I'm like yeah let me look into that and I realized Coronado is 135 miles from where I live yeah and the the venue is like 140 miles from Coronado. Yeah. Like there's no halfway there you on need a the helicopter. way. Or, helicopter. Helicopter. Trump, Trump-a-copter. That's the way to Trump's do it. Trump's helicopter, the Trump-a-copter, would be awesome. And and then there's no more like shooting back and shooting over and sliding across. So I just no. realized, look, here's how it's going to be. This is a me and my son's event. He loves He loves this event. Um, we're going to have to pack it up, figure out who's going to pile in and just hustle out Sunday morning, Yeah, drive up there. I will do the practice, uh, Sunday morning yeah. and then I will do the race on Sunday, I think about 1230 and because the morning's a practice session, uh, I won't qualify. I'll start in the back. Now, Les will have some cockamamie thing about, we got to get John Morton in the car to qualify. And <laughs> it's going to cost us $700. No, no. <laughs> just, I'll just start in the back, and I'll pick my way through the field and have a fun yeah. fun time driving Did a you Coronado. Say, what are you driving, the 510? 510, because it's a big, I believe they're getting rid of the big Trans Am. I hear no big Trans Am category, but 2.5 Trans Am. So a lot of 2.5 cars. Okay. Out there, so that'll be fun. It kind of suck. Be nice to qualify, but I'll get the race in, and uh, it's a great event. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who haven't been to Coronado, it's at the uh, naval base, uh, and they do yep. it on the airfield, and it's uh, Fleet Week, I do believe. So come out Sunday. Yeah, come out, get a ticket for Saturday, Sunday. See a lot of good racing and a just cool environment and a sort of patriotic environment too. You see the battleships off in the distance. Yeah. And all that, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so I will be with uh, Prager and San Bernardino at the uh, California Theater for the Performing Arts, and uh, that's at eight p.m. But at six thirty, I'm going to be uh, doing a bottle signing at uh, Upland and uh, Lickorama. So you can come out and say that, see that, and then uh, see me in Coronado as well.
Yeah. All right. So cool. busy, busy uh, weekend. I'm driving McLaren's. We're going to mention that live one last time. I'm uh, driving McLaren. Doing two podcasts <laughs> in Ventura coming up, uh, too, on uh, Tuesday if you want to come out. Not this podcast. You're the, no, the, the one, one that pays the bills. The good one, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Probst is going to be there. Brad, uh-oh. I started saying Brad Garrett. but I don't Brad mean, Williams. Brad, Brad Williams, the opposite of Brad Garrett, <laughs> is going to be there as well. So come out and uh, say hi. All right. Um, let's see. Where were we? Uh, we have your questions. Uh, we have a car today to, to walk around that a lot of you will like. Yeah. Uh, that is... Um, I like this car. An up-and-comer. That is in the sense that it, it's been slowly climbing in value mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. Uh, not meteoric, but very consistent. And uh, we've mentioned it a few times. We've still, mentioned this car a few still times. Still in the still in the realm of accessible to a lot of people if they're looking for, especially one that needs a little work, something they can get a nice investment, yeah. a nice performer, looks good. Yeah, and it's uh, some European but I gotta styling say, and a little I, American muscle. You got to move now because I know for a fact there's two super hot rod builders that are debuting. Their version of this car at SEMA this year, right? And, and that's going to change gonna the value. It's going to yeah. It's basically like a Gone in sixty Seconds movie ruining mm-hmm. Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys are going to drive up the value. All so. right, so we have uh, some uh, questions. We have yeah. some uh, questions have been emailed in. Uh, Elliot Riggs, what car got away from you? Maybe you sold it before you should have sold it and went higher, or blah blah blah. Um, I mean, you're always going to have. Look, you're always going to have a car that you sell that's going to be worth more in some period of time because it's no different than a house. Yeah. Uh, you buy a house in the San Fernando Valley for $300,000, you sell it for five hundred, and you go, I did pretty good. And then 10 years goes by and the guy sold it for nine hundred. Yeah. And you could kick yourself, but... Or you just could never sell a thing. Yeah, that's and, kind of the and, nature of the beast. And certainly know? long ago, like... You, you didn't know where cars would be like they are today. Like, you feel like you wouldn't make the same mistake today. Like, every car that my dad owned, mm-hmm. I'm like, why'd you sell that? That was awesome. Why'd you right, sell that? Right. Right. You know, he's well, like, he's like, oh, for three grand, I brought my 65 GTO with the 389, he, you know. Right. And he bought it. To, and he he's like, I got it. married, had your dumb ass and sold it. And I was like, ah, oh, you shouldn't have had me. You should have kept it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he probably he bowl, he sold it. A lot of times you sell stuff to buy other stuff. Um, I don't sell that much stuff. One car I was thinking about recently is I had a really nice RSR 73 Porsche clone. Yeah, I remember really, that car. Really, right really well done. Yeah. Beautifully yeah. done. And we were thinking about Magnus Walker. Magnus. Magnus. Yeah, yeah, we're thinking about his car going for three hundred grand over at the auction. Yeah, more than that, I think. It or three hundred four yeah. or something or seven or whatever, but three hundred grand. Um, and, and of course, he did a lot of really nice work on it. But this car had, you know, the steel flares, no oil cooler, and it was done very well. Yeah, that was a and, cool car. I liked um, it. At the time, the nine elevens. This is four or five years ago. Just hadn't blown up, mm-hmm. and. At the time, the the tribute cars or whatever really had Now, now, when yeah. I look at Magnus's car and I look at this car, I don't even see that big a difference. I mean, there's certain things that could be done to this car, and it right. wasn't not as nice as his. But I think I sold this car for like 30 grand. Right. And 
I don't even know what it started life as. It could have started life as a 70E or 70S or whatever it was, but there's no doubt that this car would be 100 grand today, I think. I don't know what the Whether clone... it was the RS clone or not. I mean, it, it's a pretty... It's a pretty valuable car now compared to what was. And this is only like five years ago. The notion that 911s, no matter what you do to them, are still fetching a ton these days yeah. is interesting to me. Now, to be fair to me, I sold that. I sold an E30 BMW. I sold a bunch of sort of mid-level stuff. because. Also, when you were here, you sold the Dino, the 308 Dino, the boxy square 308 Dino, the yellow one. Which haven't moved a nickel in price. Right. I don't so think. you're okay on that one. Well, you think the uh you think the Dinos that are going for four hundred now with the V six in it, yeah. you think the ones with the V eight would go up just a little bit, but, I know, but not not you so can't much. Change ugly. It, well, only the <laughs> rear part of it's ugly. Yeah. Anyway. You know, but, but those Porsches that you were saying, like with guys like Magnus and Singer Porsche and what they're doing with cars, that it seems like it's almost becoming okay to take some of these old 911s and modify them a bit and create some value with them like the hot rod market has been doing. You right. Know, like what Bodie Stroud does and what Ring Brothers do to Mustangs right. and Camaros. Right. Like, give Bodie a 911, see what it comes back as. That's I bet that thing would be badass. A much better platform than the, to me, than just a, a notchback Mustang or whatever right. he's, he's working on. Yeah, the 911. So... Who knows what a, a really nice uh, RSR clone is going for right. these days, but more than what I sold it for. But I sold everything and bought a, a Lamborghini. That's why I was selling everything. Yeah. But uh, now the one that I really the, – the, the car that I, I, I really love, it's my Eleanor, and <laughs> that I was ready to ready to get – it, it and and I was really excited about and I, I've told the story before, but it was the BMW M1 Art Car. Oh yeah, and it was the Frank Stella car, and so I it's always not the Frankie Muniz car. I always knew about <laughs> the. Don't write that one down. I <laughs> I always knew about the BMW Art Cars, but I didn't yeah. know that much about them. Right, and I knew like. Andy Warhol did one, but it's like his assistant did it, and then he signed it, you know, and he just slopped paint all over it. Like, it didn't <laughs> look that good. And I didn't even know who John Stella was. Right. So I started looking up pictures of uh, that he had John Stella. And, and so it was one of these things where I was like, okay, so you have to picture this story. I don't have the money for this car, but that never stopped me from buying a car. I like I'll buy it and then I'll figure it out after afterward. Right. So I did this. So I said, first off, how old is Frank Stella? Is he still alive? And they're like, yeah, he's still alive. He's like 80. And I was like, wow, that's old. And he's like, yeah. And then I started seeing some of his pictures at auction, like small, like 18 by 18 inch pictures, mm-hmm. the 24 inch pictures. Oh, that one went for three point seven million dollars. <laughs> so I was like, the guy's still alive. Yeah. He's selling cars for. He's selling paintings for three, four million dollars, at least what I could find online, and he's old. Yeah. And this is an art car that he painted himself. And it's an M1 Pro car. And so then I was like, where's it coming from? The Guggenheim? I was like, it's been parked <laughs> at the Guggenheim? Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And so 
Then I got hold of the company that's in like North Carolina or whatever that was in charge of refurbishing the car mechanically mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're like, new motor, new brakes, new transmission, new everything. Like done. We, we, it's all done. We, we went through everything. This car is rock solid mechanically. Yeah. So, um, so I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right. So now I'm like, all right, we have this art car. There's uh, – in, in terms of uh, pro cars, art cars, there's probably three in the world, four in the world. This is a real one. Yeah. It was painted by a guy who's still alive, but hey. he's old. His paintings are going for millions of dollars. And, and it's an M1. Like, the M1's a badass car to begin with. The M1 pro cars are even cooler. Right. And now it's, like, one of four. One of three or four. Right. So, I call the guys over at uh, Bonham. And I I go, uh, hey, this uh, M1, this uh, pro car over here with uh, Frank Stella, uh, you guys have an estimate uh, of, of, of 450 to 600. And you know, as far as I can tell, a BMW pro car sells for 500, maybe 550. Yeah, that's about right. I think that's right. Why is the art car... The same price as a pro car. Yeah. There, there's a lot of pro cars like, floating around. It's got around. this funky paint on it. You can't drive it. You can't do anything with it. And I was <laughs> like, holy shit. And the guy, the motherfucker from Bonham, he was like, yeah, it says 450 to 6, but uh, I'd be surprised if we got to 4. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> You're fired. What? You don't it's know a, shit about cars. It's going to be, he's going to sell for cheaper than just a pro car, an art car from a famous guy who's still alive, whose paintings are selling for millions of dollars. It was at the Guggenheim. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. So I said, um, I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't have any money, but I'm going to get this fucking car because if I can get this car for four fifty or four twenty five or whatever four seventy five or whatever it is, then it's going to be worth two million dollars in five years or whatever. So I was like, I gotta get this car. So I also was racing at that time. I was uh, racing the uh, Roadster, mm-hmm. I think. So, but before we went over, we went to the bottom. We went to the uh, auction at the Quail. Yeah, the quail, Chris. And we went, and the thing was parked. The way they do them is they do it like sort of on a golf course. But this thing was parked in the back up a dirt hill. Yeah. Like it was a little like up a gravelly dirt hill. And it was That's co- where they put all the junk. It was covered in dust. <laughs> it was covered in like dirt and dust. And I was, and it was going off like at noon on Friday. And no one was standing around the car or anything. And I, like, walked up to it, and I was, like, looking at it. And I'm like, the stars oh, are aligning. Sounds like it. God, this thing's going off in the middle of the day, and it's on Friday, and the guy doesn't think it's going to go for anything. And um, so I left Gutierrez behind, uh, and uh, he's a guy. He's a car dealer friend of ours. Yeah. And I put him on the phone, and I said, listen, I'm going to the track. Because I got to do a qualifying race, but I when that thing comes, it's coming early. It's coming like five or six or seven or something. And like I said, during the day, they save the big ones. You know, that one's not a big nighttime auction, but they usually don't go that early. So I got him on the phone, and I'm like at the track, and I'm like, uh, "All right, where are we at?" And he's like, "Uh, it's at it's at three hundred. Okay, okay. Get that oh, paddle now, up. It's at four hundred now. Get that okay. paddle up. Uh, it's at five hundred. Still no, get that uh, paddle up. It's at six hundred. Uh, uh it's at seven hundred. <laughs> 
uh, it's at eight hundred, and I'm like, oh shit. It ended up going for like eight fifty, sixty, or yeah. whatever. And then you know when you do the buyer's premium and the tax and whatever, you're you're now yeah. over a million bucks. And I was just like, all right. First off, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, I knew when I saw. They got you so excited to, about it, didn't they? It's up four fifty to six hundred. I was like, no way, no way, no way. It went for eight fifty four. Eight fifty four to an anonymous bidder, fucking phone. Yeah, some cheap. I, I wasn't at that event, but I remember you calling and you were bummed about it. You're like, that fucking car went for eight fifty, but you were bummed because you're like, they could have just said it was eight fifty. You thought it was going to be eight fifty. You kind of knew it was going to be eight fifty, but they got you all excited about four hundred. Yes. <laughs> now, now sitting here today, would you would have paid eight fifty for it? If I had eight fifty, I would have because I am absolutely convinced that that car is going to go well over a million dollars. If it if it isn't, the next time somebody sells it, uh, it's not going to be for eight fifty. Yeah, it's not going to be for <laughs> it's not going to be for eight fifty. And by the way, it just. Uh, garden you, variety pro car will be eight fifty yeah. in three years anyway. Would you buy that car today for a million dollars? Uh, I, I probably would if I had a million bucks or if I sold something or did something. I, 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 I'm, I'm what I would do, what I was planning to do with yeah. that car <laughs> was I was going to buy that car. I was going to take off all of the fiberglass fenders, hood, all that deck lid, all that shit. Yeah. I was going to then have the new body panels repainted and recreated in the Stella artwork form. Yeah. And then go out and race it and hope I didn't roll it. Yeah. That was. That would, you know how awesome it would be to see the art car on the track? That's what you would have seen. That would have been. That amazing. would have been awesome. Yeah. We would have hung the body up on a wall here somewhere. Right. Put it in a big glass case. Right. Right, and yeah. uh, so yeah. you'd have to you'd have to sell you know a Mira, a four hundred GT, a couple of the collected Lamborghinis. I, I don't know what I would have done, but I would have done something. Yeah, and uh, if the owner wants to contact me, he knows where to find me. Yeah, That's, let's uh, call that guy up. <laughs> who needs who needs four uh, Lamborghinis? Just it's just it's just <laughs> one of those things where the point is this: you always know. You uh, it's sad, but you always know. Like when you say what. Huh? I mean, whether it's the whether you see the flyer where the guy says, "We'll clean any three rooms. We'll clean the carpet of any three rooms plus the entry hall for fourteen ninety nine, and you go, "Huh? Fourteen ninety nine to clean three rooms, any size, and the entry? Huh? Whenever you go in life, whenever you go, huh? <laughs> Trust it." Even when you're talking to the expert guy from Bonham with the English accent, who's yeah. explaining to you, mm, nah, we don't think it's going to get that much. Yeah. We think maybe maybe four to four fifty. It wasn't like, American no, dollars. He yeah, was off. He uh, didn't yeah, know. Yeah, uh, he was he was on Cougarans. <laughs> Whatever it was, even talking to the guy who's auctioning the car off, yeah. I still knew, no, it can't be. How could it be? How could this art car be cheaper than a regular car or the same price? And Frank Stella's shit is expensive. That guy should be selling used cars in Sun Valley right now. Ugh. He does not get car yeah. valuations. <laughs> he'll put he'll drop the fake accent, believe believe <laughs> yeah. you me. So it got me fucking fired up and then it well, all went up and and like I said, it's sitting in a dusty 
parked halfway up a hill in a dusty lot yeah. and nobody standing around it. It just looks so lonely and so dusty and so forgotten about us. Like, oh, this thing may go for 375 or something insane, you know, and uh, no such luck. All right. And I love those. I like those pro cars anyway, just for oh, just for the Every time you it. race against them and they're in front of you. <laughs> um, well, to be fair to them, they always start in front of me. I just they, don't pass they, them. They're just such good-looking cars on the track. They yeah. sound great. They look great. I mean, they just really stand out all the time. They're really cool cars. So uh, after you listen to the show, Google that car and see the photo. Actually, maybe we'll put up a photo. We'll, we'll put some photos up on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. All so right. check that out. Let's see. So, Somebody wants to know about uh, Frank, not Stella, wants to know about... Uh, the new M4. No more M3. Yeah. I don't so, even know about the M4. Okay, so what they're doing, BMW is taking their their coupes, the 3 Series Coupe and the 3 Series Sedans. Mm-hmm. They're dividing them into 3 Series are going to be the sedans, 4 Series are the coupes. But is the platform going to be the same? It's still essentially the same car. I'm sure they're going to make some little changes, but... But they're designating it now because you know how, like, you have the 5 Series is the 4-door right. and the 6 Series is the 2-door. Right, but you can get a four-door three-series. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, no, the three-series will be the four-door, and the f- the the four-series will be the new two-door. So the new M will be an, will be an M4. M4. But you'll also be able to get an M, uh, sorry, a four-series with a straight six in it or whatever. Yes, it'll right. just be the right. coupe. So they're basically trying to separate. You're not going to get, like, a five-series coupe or sedan or a three-series right. coupe right. or sedan. It's... Each each series is going to have its own designation. So so the question is 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 there is there a real legacy with the M3 brand? Uh, is the new line of M4 cars? You think that's going to make much of a difference? I think everybody has a version of an M3 now, in the sense that back in the day it was a real novelty, the M3 and then the M5. It was like, wow, somebody's taken one of these sophisticated German Autobahn machines and really got some horsepower out of them. And it was, there was just nothing else like it, yeah. you know. And it was always the, the, the gold standard in, in performance sedans. Now, of course, Audi's come around and done things, and Mercedes has come around and done things. But even some Japanese companies have come around and done things, yeah. you know, Lexus and stuff like that and infinity. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like everybody has a midsize something with some power plant. That's making 400 plus horsepower shoehorned into it. Yeah. That is going zero to 60 in, you know, sub mid fives. Yeah. And, and so the M stuff, while it's insanely bitching, and you love BMW, and that new M5 is insane, yeah. and so on and so forth. You take a look, and it's like it's 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 like you're you're it's like you're on the fucking world's best beach, <laughs> and you're just standing there in Rio, and some hot chick goes by in a thong back with a D cup, and you go, whoa, wow, look at that! And then all of a sudden, her friend comes walking by, and you go, oh shit, look at that! And then you look down, and there's a chick laying on a towel, and you go, what about her? And now everybody. It's not the novelty anymore. I mean, I would take anything Audi had to offer in that was like I, I could I would go to whoever Lexus, Infinity, Audi, Mercedes, whoever, and go, 
show me whatever you're, whatever's competing with the M3, the M5, the M4. Yeah. Show it to me, and I'm sure I'd be very happy oh, yeah, in that yeah, car. Yeah. Like, a, like an S4, yeah, and an it, RS6, the RS5, which is the coupe. Yeah, and it, and it, it, it used to be yeah. that it was sort of M5 or yeah. nothing, M3 so, or nothing. So really the naming's not going to make much of a difference. It's not going to make a difference to me. You roll up in a 3-series, roll up in a 4-series, I'm just going to know the difference between 2-doors and 4-doors. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I don't think it's going to change the value of the older cars. If anything, it's just going to make it a little bit easier to understand whether you got a four-door or a two-door. Jeffrey uh, Tilmo wants to know which carbs <laughs> I prefer on my Datsuns. Do I like the SUs, the Webers, the Macoonies, or something else? I'm a Holly man. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I uh, when I was – I have some really cool SUs that were totally redone and totally modified for the Roadster – and it was one of my uh, battles I had to do with Les because the the car, as originally raced, had these like single barrel SUs with these big trumpets on them, and they were really cool, but they just didn't work that well on the car. And so I said, uh, "Let's get some Makuni forty fours and toss them on here and 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 see if we can be competitive in yeah. this car." And we battled back and forth with if we can make these work and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, and I, um, I don't know why, but I think and Weber's good too, obviously. But the uh, Macoonies, I think the Macoonies seem to work the best on the uh, on the dots and stuff, and that's the stuff I work. Now, if you're, but it, you only really race, you know. So like, right. all you got to do is start it and then go flat out for the yeah, most yeah. Part. They don't work in, in trying to get out of the pits or anything like that. Right, like, that's a disaster. And you should be clear about that in in your question. Is just just know that. You know what you're using is mostly for racing. That's it's for, not a street car. If you're going to shift it eight thousand every single time, that's what's good. But right. it's no good. They're not any good under three thousand. Like there's <laughs> a lot of blah, 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 blah. so. If you're driving around the streets, you yeah. might want some SUs on there because they might be right. better at the lower RPM. Mm-hmm. My stuff is all over jetted and oversized for all the sort of top end yeah. stuff. So uh, very good point. Um, but no, whatever works on your car is is going to work. And like you know, the Weber is good for uh, the aforementioned uh, Porsche and the triple triple um, choke downdraft stuff. You yeah. know, the triples also on the uh, Muras they use the triple chokes as well. Yeah, and I'm trying to think what other car. I don't think there's any other car that uses a three barrel. To figure that one out. I don't out. know. I just assume fuel inject everything, get it dialed in with a laptop. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's see. Let's look at Carl's questions here. Carl has uh, – he's saying that does a, a 350 uh, – sorry, a 370Z or a 5-liter Mustang make a, a better daily driver or, or a weekend car? You know, and, and my opinion on this is both the cars I like. Both cars are rear-wheel drive. Both you can get with a manual transmission, which I know that sounds silly, but so many cars today, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I would I would choose the Mustang, not just because I'm more of a Mustang guy. It's like, you know, we had the 370Z here, and it felt a little, just a little, a little light on the inside, you know, like a lot of plastic, uh, you know, lightweight doors, not really, you know, not a real lot of heft to it. 
And whereas the Mustang, I felt like the newer Mustangs, they certainly, the, the new 5-liter Mustang stepped up with the soft-touch plastic, and it's got that nice V8 kind of rumble to it. And certainly the 370, actually the 350 that you used to have, Adam, is a better sounding engine than the 370Z, mm-hmm. even though the 370 has more power. And I'm saying if you're going to tool around in a car that you want to have some fun with, especially just on the weekends, mm. you kind of like that sound and that rumble, and I think that the Mustang provides that. Well, you're not going to go wrong with either one. I, I will say this about the Z. The Z is a little tough getting in and out of. Yeah. It's it's a car that I don't know how old you are and I don't know how much around town you're going to be doing with it. But at a certain point, when a car becomes a little bit of a pain in the ass to get in and out of, uh-huh. it does affect your quality of life. Um, yep. And the Z is just the way it's put together. Yeah. And the way it's sort of low slung and stuff, it's it's a little tough getting in and out of that car. Uh, I would say this is a tie. It just it comes down to personal taste, and you buy the one, the best example of either one you can find the best deal. You, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely go for the best deal. But you know the. The 370Z with a six-cylinder, good horsepower, six-cylinder, you know, there was certainly not that long ago where, you know, you'd buy that car and be like, you know what, it's cool, it's, it's got, it feels refined, and you're probably going to get better gas mileage. Take a look at the new Mustangs with the 5-liter engines. I don't know that the Z is getting better gas mileage. Well, not the way you drive it, especially right. if you try to ring it out a little bit, you know what I mean, because that, yeah. that car's lower displacement. 3.7, I guess, going to make the horsepower the higher end. Jacob wants to know, why do I dislike Jeeps? Um, well, couple, we live in L.A. couple <laughs> things. We live in L.A., number one. Number two, I got, we, me and Mike August, like, rented, like, a Jeep Compass or something <laughs> in, like, Detroit. And I was just staring at the handles, just the plastic door yeah. handles on the thing, the sort of super pity chalky yeah. plastic door handles and i was getting angry like i was like this is this what year is it mike's like 2012 i was like what are we doing here this is part of the big comeback this is what the bailout was about like the, and we got inside this car and it was just such a piece of shit and, and like yeah. you know the fit the finish the, the the gauges the just you know just look at a certain point you know we're car guys but we're first human beings. <laughs> Speak for yourself. And you just sit in something and you go, I don't need to be a car expert to know I'm sitting in a piece of shit. I can feel the way the door feels when I close it. I can feel the handle in my hand. You know what I mean? It's like holding a good tool. You know, yeah. you go down to Home Depot, you, you hold a Milwaukee uh, right angle, you know, half inch drill motor or something. Mm-hmm. You hold... Uh, you, you hold a Hitachi, whatever you hold, uh, 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 um, tr- Bosch, you yeah. know, and, and a, a belt sand or something, you feel, you feel it in your hand and then you go to the $19 shit and you put it in your hand. It just feels light. It feels right. cheap. You go Mac tools versus just some cheap ass shit you get at the pep yeah. boys and it just feels different in your hand. It's it. You don't have to be a mechanic no, you and you be can, a human you can, being. You know the quality. I mean, you right. know the quality in a car, especially it doesn't feel safe. Like when yeah. you close a door and you hear like yeah. an echo, like a yeah. tiny echo. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the thing. Uh, uh, the new Jeep Cherokee seems pretty pretty good to me. The, the Grand Cherokee and the SRT, not just the SRT, but the new Grand Cherokee seems really nice. Stepped up the interior. Right, right. You know, but now, now you're and... kind of paying for it. Yeah. I mean, 
to me, and of course, the old Jeep, look, the one that won us World War II, obviously, I'm fine with that. I just feel like it's an iconic company. They've been through their ups and their downs. They, it's, you know, 2012 and, or 2010 when the Compass came out or 11 or whatever it is, and they should know better by now. Like, just get a fucking door handle that looks like it belongs in today's, you know, that it's, that, you know, this isn't, when you guys were getting yourself into trouble in the 70s, it was for this kind of behavior. Knock it off. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, I think they're getting better. I think they're getting better. But the Jeep in an off-road market. Oh, Jeep like it's, Liberty. Yeah. You know, like, like the Jeep Wrangler in an off-road market. There are a few things better off-road for the money than something like that. But, yeah. again, we live in L.A. The most off-roading yeah. we do is yeah. the sidewalks. Uh, <laughs> what's the fascination with 70s era? This is Sheldon Gooby. Imza. Uh, uh, sorry, Imza cars and drivers. Do you follow any of the more current GT series? Uh, American or European. I, I watch the American Le Mans series. I watch some of our friends who've been in this studio mm-hmm. come in here. I think Andy Pilgrim and uh, uh, Jack guy. Baldwin was Jack just Baldwin. As I watched him, uh, Tommy uh, Kendall. He's yeah, back in a car. I saw Jack get himself spun out on basically turn one or two of uh, Sonoma the yep. other week uh, on there, and watch all those guys <laughs> bash the shit out of each other. Um, so I like I like the road racing. I, I follow the road racing. Um, I just you know look the, to me the cars are sort of like you know you guys are and I am and everyone else is with the Playboys. You know you got your you got your you got your sweet spot. And when I go out to those vintage races, the vintage races, the Harry Bush of car racing. That's right. The vintage <laughs> race has stuff that goes from. Chitty chitty bang bang to really that's a vintage car yeah it's a 1996 GTP you know whatever and you're like ah oh, it doesn't look vintage yeah it looks there's new. like there's like Jay Leno vintage cars that he's into and then there's the vintage right cars, and you know? so you go right on through and for me when I see that stuff in the mid 70s early 70s that's where I sort of stop and I go I like that you know that that. <laughs> You know, so, but you're attracted to both the style of those cars and then the history of those cars. Yeah, I uh, right because those are the those are the cars that you sort of grew up with, grew up on. Those are the names and the racers that you've seen. Those are the cars that you know. It's it's just your generation of cars that you grew up with. Yeah, and now, but, but but you know, I would say this too because people people do it all the time where they go, "Well, that's what you're used to." You know what I mean? Like, um, people say all the time, they go, "Look." You only like that music. You like John Hyatt and Graham Parker and Elvis Costello and Joe Jack. You like those guys because you were in high school listening to that stuff. It was influential to you. That's what you listen to in high school. And you like that car and those cars because that's what that was in your sweet spot. Like back when you're, you know, um, when your brain was mush and it hadn't dried yet, you know, and it was still your formidable years and blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, let me say this. Uh, I hate the architecture from 1980 and 19. I don't the fucking shit boxes with the aluminum windows and the flat roofs with the bad stucco with the super sandy sponge finish on it. No, my architecture is from the 20s. Yeah. I, I love the Art Deco stuff from the 30s. I love the stuff from, you know, Pasadena and, you know, the houses from the 1916, 1917, you know, or the or the. 
post and beam stuff from the 50s, you know, with the yeah. wide open floor plan. So, no, I hate that architecture. And uh, I don't think it's as easy to go, well, you just like that music. No, if you listen to Elvis Costello and Graham Parker and Joe Jackson, it's better than listening to a lot of the shit that's out today, or certainly a lot of the shit that was out like in the late 80s, early 90s, Men Without Hats, Flock of Seagulls, those fucking bands sucked. <laughs> so it's not just about when you graduated high school. You know, I think you take yeah. a look at that aforementioned M1 uh, Pro Car, or you take a look yeah. at the BMW Batmobile, like 75, 3.5 or something, and you go, wow, that's a fucking bitchin' piece. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. when you look at the F1 cars from mid-70s, late-70s, huge barrel-back tires and minus all the electric, you know, all the crazy wind tunnel computer and shit like that. You look at one of those yeah. cars, one of those elf cars or John Player specials from, like, 1976, they do look cooler. They do. The new stuff today. And I like the BMW M1 Pro Car is one of my favorite, let's call it, vintage racing cars out there. But also, I really like like Tommy Kendall's Trans Am Mustang. I don't remember what year that was that he was racing that, but to me, that's a cool. 85, 86, 87 or something, 88 or something. And that's cool too. But. The one that Parnelli Jones was driving in 71, to me, is like just a little bit cooler. Okay, yeah. And and with the uh, school bus yellow one. And then the uh, and the, and the other thing, too, is like I said, like yeah, the, the new stuff. Like you take a look. You show me a 7980 Porsche uh, 935, like that Momo car that was yeah. in my race. Or Bruce Kenipa's car or something like that. Yeah. I, I take a look at that car, and then I take a look at a modern 911, like, cup car, mm-hmm. and I like Bruce's better. I just think it's – now, some of it's yeah. regulations. You couldn't run barrels in the back, and some of it's, right. like, safety and shit like that. But I just think the car from 79 looks cooler than the one from 2013. The one from 2013 looks cool, too. Yeah. I just like this one a little bit, be- a little bit better. That's all. Okay. All right. We uh, got a car out in the parking lot, and uh, we've given you a couple hints on it. I think you've had enough. By the way, uh, the eBay blog uh, this week, uh, Bury Me at the Quail. I think uh, Chris Maxipata (laughs) would uh, definitely agree on that one, right? Chris. Yeah. Seeing how you probably won't be with the company this time next year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, he could have moved on to something. You know, Where is he going to go? Well, he has I'm to be here. He's a minority. Not, it's, not, it's not carved in stone that he's going to get fired. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. But let us you're not here next year. Let's just, you okay. know, let's just call it what it is. All right. All right. Would you still go to the quail? Absolutely. That's the yeah. thing. That's how good it is. That's yeah. how good the quail is. So uh, Barry Meet the Quail is the, bo- is the blog, and it's uh, it'll tell you all about really the best – 400 bucks you'll ever spend in your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you got to start figuring that out now. It turns out they turn people away. You can't just buy a ticket. Yeah. There's limited tickets. And I also got to figure out what other cars they want of mine. Because they, they had a Newman car. They had my Newman car last, the year before yeah. last. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, look, as long as you keep getting cars invited there, I will not be yeah. hungry that weekend. That's right. All right. You want to sue? Uh, so uh, it's the yeah. eBay Motors blog. And you go to eBay Motors and you use the app and you look at all the super cool crap and you buy all the parts. And like I said, I just peruse. I'm not even, I'm just looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, bought, a, I bought a buddy's car outside. I got a 2001 Volkswagen Jetta. It's a Wolfsburg edition. It's a little commuter car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bought it. I bought it for like a thousand bucks. I went on eBay, bought all the parts that I needed to get it to run. Right. I'm into the car for a couple grand. It's it's like it's That's fine. It's all you need, baby. Yeah. eBay. Yeah. And uh, you want to support the show, you go through Amazon, you go to our website, you go through PayPal, yeah. it gives a couple of bucks. We go out vintage racing. It costs a lot. And but we put the cameras in the car and then we come back and we we show you what we done. Yeah. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, support us and we can keep doing it for you. Also, uh, a little social media. Yeah, right? check out. So follow us on Twitter, of course, so you can get an update to what we're going on. But check us out on Facebook as well because we're putting up pictures there not once a week. It's going on all the time. You can see tons of the galleries, the cars that we're, we're putting together. It's uh, Facebook.com slash show. All right. We'll take a quick break, step out in the parking lot, take a look at a really cool car. David Houston, I love this Pantera GTS. Tell us all about it. Well, it's a 1974, uh, the only year Pantera produced the, the GTS. In Europe, they had GTSs from 72 on, but the American GTS was 1974. They made 98 of them, and this is one of them. I love it, and I'll tell you what I love about it. Pantera's are can be a little bit plain Jane like they're just white with the black interior and if you don't touch them they're a little plain Jane and the problem is then guys start to touch oh, them yes. and they don't just stop touching overboard them. with the wings they, and the body kit blown just too much too much cavity search I remember your things. quote I like Panteras I don't like Pantera owners <laughs> yeah. I don't like what they do <laughs> I said that about Ferrari yeah. owners yeah. Yeah. but but <laughs> I I do have to say that the you know like I said the base Pantera unmolested is a simple car it's a nice car but it is a little like eh, i want to see some flares yeah, i want to see yeah, a two-tone yeah. hood i want to see a cooler front bumper and the thing that's great about this gts is it has those little touches that make a car a sports car without all the crazy triple chrome you know yeah. jet boat headers hanging out of the back of right, the thing right, right. how much work did you put into this or did you buy it like this well, I bought it off the original owner, uh, Dr. Uh, Keevy out of um, Buffalo, New York. He owned it. He got old. I mean, I'm sort of old, and it's hard to drive. I can imagine being really old and, and having to drive this thing. So he uh, sold it. It was a rust-free car. It was all, all the original stuff was there. Uh, and it's one of the, it's like what you talk about, Adam. Like, you go into the shop, like, you know, let's, let's you know, just clean everything up. And then you, you clean up one thing, and it's like doing your kitchen. You do your kitchen, then you got to yeah. do the bedroom. you got to do everything next to it. And right. it ended up being this two-year, completely everything apart, then put it back together. So now it's completely restored. Uh, not that it, it looks exactly like it did when I bought it, basically, but now I have 100000 extra into it. Like I, 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 I like, I don't <laughs> know perfect. if this is all Panteras, but the chrome is blacked out. That's a GTS thing. The hood is uh, a great sort of charcoal anthracite right, sort of right. color. It looks great. The This color, which is 
not red and it's not pink and it's not purple, just looks right. Uh, the, uh, as I was saying off camera to David, that the Mura Jalpa or sink or yeah, whatever Jalpa. it was, the, the race one that I saw at Bobloff said the exact same thing. The, fa- the, the, the fenders look great. Anyone who's a 5'10 fan recognizes or, or Z fan loves, loves some, I'm guessing, fiberglass. Yep. Fenders that are flared with rivets, with rivets, which I love, which put on, and that are black. And interior, always love the Pantera interior. Love the gauge clusters. Love that. That's the gated shift. That's mm-hmm. where the European part really kicks mm-hmm. in. What's going on with the front bumper? Because that feels a little bit different. Well, as well, in, you know, um, you know, the federal crash test. Rules started coming in in '73 and '4. Mm-hmm. So the original Pantera's have this very, very beautiful little chrome bumper at here, which makes the car feel shorter and it's just really tight. And then, of course, in '73, you got this ridiculous bumper. So, but this looks good on this car. Well, the, the, the original it definitely works with this those, color combination. I yeah, think. that's what makes it really kind of work. But it just extends. You know, the, the car's actually tighter than it looks because of this bumper. And the the chrome ones that they had in '71 and '2 are just really nice. But this is this is the original, so you got to have it. Three fifty one Cleveland in oh, this. Yes, yes. And it's got the four barrel on top. Yeah. And made you breathe on it a little bit. Well, or? the only the actually the only thing that's changed from when this thing rolled off the factory floor is I have an Edelbrock carburetor on it because the factory carburetor, I sent it out, had it done, put it on, the car will not run with the, car, the original carburetor. <laughs> sure so was. Off it comes. The way it was when it was right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> off it comes, Edelbrock goes on, and now it runs. It runs. I yeah, will say this about the Pantera, and I've always said it, and I remember very early on, I had a friend whose dad was a big-time like divorce attorney <laughs> and used to work for like, I don't know, like Galpin Ford or one of the Ford dealerships, and they would essentially just pay him by giving him a, a Ford every year, <laughs> and he had a Pantera back when Panteras were new. And the one thing I couldn't get over, because it didn't exist in the automotive world, even the high-performance automotive world back then, was the exhaust. Now, some 40 years later, and it's really just been the last few years where guys have given a shit about what the exhaust looks like on a performance car. The big four, you know, big quad, three inch, whatever, hanging out the back. I remember like in the late 70s, like going, whoa, look at that. Because back then, you know, even Porsche just had like the one little downspout, you know, going off the side. Nobody had anything that looked worth a damn, but the Pantera definitely the tip of the spear and the badass exhaust right <laughs> yeah. or maybe maybe you give the uh maybe you give the cobra 427 the first well this you know in many ways this car was really you know state of the art it was like the it was the mclaren 12c of its time so you have a monocoque body right you've got independent suspension you've got disc brakes all around you got a five-speed transmission the Remember, transmission yeah which right. is out of the ford gt before it's the same one they put in the ford gts in the 60s right you know so you've got a lot of these you know what was cutting edge performance stuff at the time so. right and uh yeah mid-engine had electric windows which was a big deal you know think of a performance car in the early 70s with electric windows none yeah, of them had right. windows those are for the rich yeah uh, you want to fire it up fire it up sure. let's take if a it'll look start which is always Questionable. Well, with that carburetor, with that Edelbrock carb on there, I love this spare tire. You check this thing out. Did that come with it's, the car? It's basically like a bunch of rubber bands around a rim. Right. Well, I've seen a little smoke. Uh-huh. So close. So close. So close. Okay. Here we go. 
there it is. Rum to it and idle. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, wow. It's it sounds got great. The, um, you know, these the GTSs had factory headers on them too, which is oh has really? One of, one and the and the the deck lid steel. Yeah. And the hood steel. steel. Yeah. As well. And uh, yeah, out? the best the best part is shite. Oh no, just you can come. You can grab that in there and hold the whole thing yeah, comes out. Just come bring the whole thing out. Um, there you go. Yeah, the ZF tranny looks great in this car. That's where all the magic happens. And it looks like we have a tranny cooler mm -hmm. back here, I'm guessing. It's like guessing. every car show you go to, they don't put that back there at all, and everything's just polished out right, to the T. Right. And it's just too much. Like, you don't need to do all that. This is the way I think it should look. This looks amazing. Yeah. It, it sounds great, too. And uh, looks like you got some fresh air conditioning in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't turned it on because the car runs hot. Uh, one of the big problems with Pantera's Sure. Is they, you know, they overheat. So I never turn it on, and you know, I'm trying to drive around in fifth gear all the time, move as fast. I mean, when I get in trouble, you start panicking when you're in traffic. You're like, oh no, yeah. it's gonna do it. It's gonna keep do going, it. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Please, for the love of There's God. There's gonna be move. a real traffic jam if you don't start yeah, moving. Yeah. But this is the way to do a Pantera, and this Pantera is just unique enough. And under 100 examples, mm -hmm. this is a really, really nice example. But it, again, it's great because you can hydraulic clutch I can see there it you can put it back to just how it was and be sporty enough without getting in with the sawzall and doing all the hack stuff that all the guys do when uh, we see them at the uh, Ferrari shows um, this car came in this color which is called what it's this Maroonish color. It had a uh, the GTS. Maroonish. Yeah. And it had the GTSs with three colors. You had a silver one. You had this this maroony thingy, and then you had a yellow one. I've I think I've only seen the silver thus far, and maybe the yellow. But this is this is really a grabber. Really looks fantastic. All right, David Houston. I know you got some uh, cool restaurants. Barney's Beanery is one Beanery. of them. You can get Mangria. At Barney's That's Beanery, right. by oh, yeah. the way. Is we there... were one of the first, by the way. We were keeping the faith long before you got all these That's distributors. Right. Before first... Canada came online and blew <laughs> the whole place up. Our first event ever was, right. at, uh, right. was at Barney's Beanery. That... But how many Barney's Beaneries are there now? There's five. We're opening a sixth one in Redondo. But if you want to come by and get some OG Mangria, we're the place to do it. That's right. The original kegs, the original oak <laughs> charred <laughs> kegs were sent out yeah, to Barney's right. Beanery. Throw so... the website as well. Uh, Barney'sBeanery.com. All right. So, until next time. This is Adam Carolla for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and David Houston saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. <laughs> <laughs>